You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition. You know what that means. This is your show. It's Twitter Tuesday. Your Twitter questions will be 100% of today's content, and we've got some fantastic ones Matt, uh, there was an old one, Matt, actually, that I want to start with here. And and we a couple of weeks ago, we talked a lot about quarterbacks. And then this question came in a little bit late about Sam Dar- Darnold and uh, Carson Wentz. So I think we should start here with an older question. Then we've got a ton from uh, the, the tweet you put out yesterday. And uh, there's a lot of good ones. Shout out to Joshua, by the way, who's the most active member of our Twitter Tuesday. He comes up with multiple questions every week. And he comes up with really good questions, too. Like he some does, people, yeah. you know, they'll have like one nice question in there. Uh, and maybe if they put in a second, it's not great. He'll put like four questions in for us to to choose from. And they're all really good. So shout out to Joshua. You're a good question um, asker. So appreciate yeah. that. He's not the only one, but he, he stands out. That's yes. for sure. He's, he's ahead of the pack right now, which he's I guess prolific. is a challenge to some of you other folks. He's Step like, up. He's like the Jerry Rice of Twitter question askers. He's way out there. He's just way out in front of everybody for career number of questions who've been answered on the show. But this is an old one about Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz. Let's start here. Which quarterback has the better season for their team, Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz? Plant a flag. What do you think? Do you have expectations for a resurgence of Carson Wentz or finally seeing that talent come to fruition for Sam Darnold, both of them with new teams this year and, and new opportunities? This could be a show in itself, to be honest with you. I mean, I think there are so many similarities with these guys. I'm not positive who I would prefer for this year, who I expect to have the better year, but I want to talk through it, or who I'd rather have, frankly. I mean, I think Wentz is the obvious answer because he had that year MVP year that everyone wants to refer to. I mean, and Darnold's had nothing like it. So Wentz has had... An elite season. He's at least been highly successful for some portion of his career where Darnold has not. That being said, they're very similar. I mean, body types, strengths and weaknesses, arm strength, mobility. They both look like top five picks. And I have a hard time quitting either one. And I'm a little bit of an apologist for both. And... They also, you know, turn the ball over just way too much. I mean, just there's so many yeah. negative plays on tape for these guys that if you put a highlight reel, low light reel together of the 50 worst plays in both these guys' career, you would think, why do these guys ever get a helmet in training camp? Like, they don't belong in the league. I mean, sure, they can throw the ball, but what's different from them than all the first-round busts from years past? Because these guys aren't good football players. But the apologist in me says, man, did Carson Wentz deal with not so great receivers, but more so than that, just dreadful offensive line situations the last couple of years. The, I don't know if we talk about that enough, but the Eagles just massive you know, games lost, snaps lost, and ch- constant changing of their offensive line, which is what they're totally built around. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, They had an elite offensive line. That front office, say what you want about them, builds with the lines of scrimmage. So the way they were built crumbled to no fault of Wentz or the Eagles front office. 
but then he made a bad problem worse. You know, I mean, it, trying to do everything, uh, so many sacks taken, which you can blame the line, but it's also absolutely a quarterback stat. I mentioned the turnovers, and the turnovers with Darnold are almost Jameis Winston-like. I mean, they go back to USC. From what I've been told, they go back to high school. And obviously his supporting cast was even worse. His situation was even worse. So I do think both these guys have a real true legit chance to make a 90 degree turn with how their career's going or 180 degree turn. Because I think Joe Brady in that situation in Carolina, three good wideouts, Christian McCaffrey is going to be Darnold's best friend. And I think Brady doesn't get enough credit for getting more out of Teddy Bridgewater than I expected to in a not-so-awesome situation. I absolutely think Wentz will be way better protected in Indianapolis. Get Frank Reich's the right guy to give him, you know, to take over and knows him and is a quarterback whisperer and a former quarterback. The Colts' weapons aren't as good and I, as Carolina's. And I think Wentz absolutely will have to be dialed back, like, Carson, when in doubt, and this isn't what you did with Philadelphia, throw it away, punt, live the, another day. We don't need you to be Superman. Mm -hmm. We're going to run the ball a lot. And that's not really in his DNA. That's going to be difficult. And Wentz also has not been a great deep passer. His deep, deep accuracy is not as good as people tend to think. And even during that awesome year that I mentioned, the, the stats people, the analytics folks will tell you some of the things he did were very rare, like very high third down and red zone percentage conversion rate, like kind of like we talked about yesterday that were probably such a small sample size that the world's collided in a positive way for him. <sighs> so I like both. I'm hopeful for both. My bet is one of the two will hit and the other one will fizzle and die off and be a lifetime backup. And that's sad, but both could hit big. Who's going to have the better year? I'm going to go with Wentz. Who would I prefer to have? I'm going to go with Wentz. But they're absolutely on the same tier for me and are very, very similar. I love, I love hearing you talk through that. And uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. There, there's a ton of similarities there. Both top three picks, both, you know, really nice, uh, just physical abilities with some, you know, some athleticism to go with big arms and, and natural arms. The the thing to me, if you're going to make, and, and the easy answer is Carson Wentz, just because we've seen it. Sure. Even going back to 2019, he, you know, a 30, it was a 27 to 7 touchdown to interception ratio, 64% passer. You know, he was maybe not MVP level Wentz, but he wasn't playing bad like he did last year when he had no. 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions and, and, 57% completion percentage it just really all fell apart last year. So this question would have been a uh, laughable even one calendar year ago. But I, I think if you're going to argue for Sam Darnold, it's age. And with Carson Wentz, you right. know, he gets to even go back. Not only is it a fresh start, but it is the, the coordinator that he had all the success under, you know, in, in Philadelphia. So you got to feel pretty good about, Carson Wentz's ability to do something because we've seen it in the NFL and he gets to play under that coach in Frank Reich. But for Sam Darnold, it was such a bad situation, a much worse situation than Wentz had in Philadelphia. I think everybody would agree there. So he's got to love this opportunity. But here's the age thing that, that blows me away. People always talk about Joe Burrow, where Joe Burrow's six months older than Sam Darnold and Burrow's about to enter his second season. So that's how young Sam Darnold was coming into the NFL as a redshirt sophomore. And I think he was pretty young for even his his grade 
coming into the yeah, league yeah. as a as a redshirt sophomore a few years ago in the 2018 draft. Here's one: Carson Wentz. His rookie year in 2016 was his age 24 season. Sam Darnold's going into his age 24 season. Sam Darnold just turned wow. 24 in June. So that's certainly maybe his best in this argument because they are so close physically and all the things I laid out. That might be the thing that if I'm you know, Darnold's lawyer in this argument, I would harp on time and time again. Like, yeah, but my guy still hasn't even hit his prime yet. You yeah, know? think about that. Think about if Sam Darnold wasn't a big-time high school recruit and ended up going to, uh, you know, and we first of all, we wouldn't know who Trey Lance is right now because Trey Lance would have been backing up Sam Darnold at um, at North Dakota State. What if Sam Darnold went to North Dakota State and was a fifth-year senior and he was just drafted in 2021? That's what we're talking about age-wise with Carson Wentz coming out of college as a fifth-year senior from North Dakota State and where Sam Darnold is age-wise right now entering the 2021 season. This could have been Carson Wentz's rookie year. So there's a lot of time for Sam Darnold. And unless he was completely ruined and his numbers would suggest that maybe he was, I mean, I'm looking at his numbers right now. Last year, too, again, like... 59% more interceptions than touchdowns, 11 picks, yeah. nine touchdowns. Um, I, there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to believe in. Age is really the big one here. And really the the thing that I think about, you know, because my mind always goes to team building in the NFL. Uh, I, stay in school. I, I know it's hard for quarterbacks. You're going to go in the top three, but gosh, coming out too early can really ruin a, a guy's career. We've seen so many young quarterbacks get hurt by that. And it's so much easier for a guy like Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield, who've, you know, we're already grown men coming into the league. Joe Burrow last year at age 22, 23, you've been in college for four or five years. It's just so much easier to transition. And then you throw on top of the bad, awful situation there in New York with a bad roster. And we've seen now multiple quarterbacks not be able to thrive under Adam Gase as a head coach. I do have some belief in both of these players. The argument for Sam Darnold is absolutely just that he had no shot basically and was so young. So um, I do think there's an opportunity for both these guys and it's going to be really two fun quarterbacks to follow in this 2021 season might be their last shots. It sounds insane to say about a 24 year old quarterback that was drafted in the top three, but I think the easy answer still is Carson Wentz, but there's plenty of excuses for Sam Darnold's early bad start to his career. Yeah. A lot of good stuff that you said there and it well said, and I do think, you know, what would the narrative be on Darnold if he were just coming off his rookie year or stayed at USC right. as long as he could, let alone transfer into, you know, like or if he was at North Dakota State like Wentz, like you mentioned, or, you know, coming off one season in the NFL with a terrible Jets team would dismiss all the all the problems away. You know, would say, oh, he's 24. He's coming off a rough rookie year. Like if Zach Wilson has a Darnold season this year for the Jets, we'll say, okay, I want to see more. He'll be okay. Well, you know, let's, let's ride it out. Yeah. And they're pretty much the same age. You know what I mean? Which is what we said about Sam Darnold after a bad rookie season, right? And right, then it happened right. again in year two. And then it was even worse in year three. It's like, okay, well, this is just not working. But we kind of knew that it wasn't going to get better with his situation last year. So you can really squint and look at Sam Darnold's early career and think, oh, man, okay. And I can kind of see where the Panthers were on this. And we're like, look, this is a talented guy, really young. He had no shot. Let's see if we can save this guy for a second-round pick rather than you know spending a first on a quarterback and getting a guy that's not that much younger. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, for what each team paid, 
I would buy Darnold over Wentz at that asking price, at that sticker cost. Yes. If we rewind to February and your Niners or my Steelers were saying, I'm going to get one of these two as Ben's replacement or to beat out and uh, you know uh, replace Garoppolo and we're not going to do the Trey Lance draft stuff. You know, it's February. We haven't done these things yet. I'd still probably pick Wentz, but for the price, I think I'd prefer Darnold. They're that close. Absolutely. And then there's the other options. Could the Colts have traded up for a different quarterback like the Bears did and not gone down the the Wentz retread path? Uh, Panthers obviously could have just sat there and taken two pretty talented quarterbacks that went not too many picks after them in the draft. So those things are going to be second-guessed too with these quarterbacks. So definitely a lot of similarities and a lot of storylines that, that tie together with Darnold and Wentz. The last note on them that isn't going to be quite as flattering is I wonder, I mentioned Winston, is it in both their DNAs to take too many risks? You know, I mean, that might not get coached out of them. That might be ingrained at this point. You know, that would be the big thing that that I would worry about. Right. And if you're looking at the Sam Darnold scouting report out of USC and then looking at his first three years, like, well... That was his problem at USC, too, and that definitely right. didn't get better. You want to at least see something get better and change from, from college to the pros, and it didn't. So that would be a huge worry for both those guys. You can't just give it to the other team. Right. I mean, that's a, a Drew Locke situation, a Winston, and Winston situation. Yeah. Especially right. when you see like how efficient guys are in the NFL right now and the way Aaron Rodgers is playing and just not turning the ball over and putting up crazy numbers to go with it. You know, you don't have to take that many risks anymore. This isn't Eric Coriel. This isn't where you take a seven-step drop and just chuck it. Oh, right. I mean, uh, this is crazy, but I mean, we did a, a Steelers 1979 Super Bowl recap show one time and pulled up like Bradshaw's numbers during the Super Bowl era. And he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So many interceptions, you know, and <laughs> I mean, like, it's crazy. Yeah, and 70% you know, is, is the new 60%. Era. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be remarkably if your interception total is close to your t- you know, t- touchdown total, to your point with Darnold, that's really a massive red flag yes. nowadays, to your point. And I mentioned Winston. I am extremely interested to see if sitting on the bench, Sean Payton, Drew Brees' influence, do we see a different guy in New Orleans this year? Yes. Maybe. Similarly, you know? yeah. A similarly fascinating quarterback there. Would you mm-hmm. put Winston ahead of either Darnold or Wentz? No, but same tier. Yeah. I'm still a Winston believer. I mean, he was first pick in the draft, and nobody batted an eye. Right. Oh, yeah. That was a, a somewhat easy selection. If you know, I think there was maybe some off-field stuff, and, and that was about it. And it was like, okay, well, this is the top guys. If we feel good about the person, and um, mm-hmm. and very similarly, you know, not great. Maybe not the best situation. Throwing way too many picks. So uh, yeah, he's right in there with Darnold and Wentz in that same exact conversation. All three getting new opportunities to potentially be. Uh, starters and turn their careers around and still have plenty of time to play a while if they do figure that out. Yeah. And one of the things I was a big uh, Winston backer for, or at least, you know, made a case for him in Tampa was, yes, I understand he throws the ball, you know, ball the other team way too many times. I am curious if Lasix is, you know, is that just a nice way to pat it off or did he not see as well as we wanted? I think that's interesting. It's pretty but important. I, like if you're a if you're a pro athlete, you got to be able to see the field, and you know you got to be able to see if you're a hitter. You got to be able to see down the field if you are a quarterback. I mean, eyes are pretty important. Eyes are pretty important. But you remember how I always did that average depth of target times completion percentage? Yes. Well, Winston was always good in that because his average depth of target in Tampa 
was so far downfield. His degree of difficulty in th- of throws as a starting quarterback was as hard as anyone in the league. So dumping it to Kamara, slants to Thomas, yeah. you know. Unnecessary risks, just eliminate those, and you're getting rid of the picks, right. and you're still making big plays when it's there for you. I think that's a huge part of Winston's. I mean, it's the obvious part of Winston's problem so far in the NFL. Yes. If all three of those players, top five picks, immensely talented, were stocks, I would probably put a couple bucks in on all of them and probably one or two of the three hit. Yeah, buy low for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. We'll see if any of those quarterbacks do hit in 2021. We've got to hit some more questions here. Um, this one from... Uh, real quick, yeah. uh, there's going to be another wave of those guys. That's what I think is interesting about this league too. Like Next year, we won't be saying the same thing about Tua, Daniel Jones, lock that that probably already have but like some high picks that do we know the answer yet but team number one said i'm ready to probably i'm i want to see what's behind door number two okay that's a fun conversation you're right matt we could have gone for a whole podcast just on that one question but we've got to move on more twitter tuesday next let me tell you about bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all that action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, information, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, even all your UFC, MMA action. They got so much going on here. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device. It's super easy. And check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams preps for their runs for the playoffs as well. Uh, head to the website and or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on all one word all caps locked on that's 50% welcome bonus bet online your online sportsbook experts Matt do you remember who your top 5 receivers were in the 2019 draft well i am pulling up draft history as we speak that was the hollywood brown Nikhil Harry draft, Ooh, if I'm not mistaken, wow. right? Yes. Okay. I'm looking at the order they went. Marquise Brown was a first. Nikhil Harry was a first. Uh, those, Debo was next on the list. Yeah, there was I'm only two trying. first rounders that year, and I think Harry was maybe AJ the last Brown. pick in the first round. Yeah. AJ Brown, Hardman. DK okay, is the big one. DK Metcalf. Paris Campbell, I was very high on. Isabella Metcalf. Then we get into like Deontay Johnson mm-hmm. and and McLaurin I'm trying to think because I don't want to give myself too much credit and I'm sure somebody can find audio proof about me being wrong but I think AJ <laughs> Brown was my favorite I uh I di- I remember this draft very well because I covered it so closely um you know with you on the Locked On NFL show but also the 49ers were in that wide receiver market and I and I and Makes I, sense. I was digging in and I always do my wide receiver rankings and I take pride in my ability to pick wide receivers and um by the way this question's from JDS who is another frequent tweeter into yeah. the show he says who are your top 5 receivers for the 2019 draft and what lessons did you take? And I think the lessons is always big. And I, and I love that when it comes to team building in the draft, They're like, what did you learn? Okay. You got it wrong. That's fine. You got it right. Well, what'd you learn from it too? Um, and so DK Metcalf was my, my number one by far. And I, and I know he was pretty, um, 
there, I mean, there was just a wide range of, you know, some people hated him, you know, bad three cone. He, he doesn't run the entire route tree, but I saw a guy who dominated on the routes he was allowed to run. And now we know about more about that offensive coordinator. I'm blanking on his name, but he was in uh, North Carolina with Diami Brown this last year. And he ran that same route tree only lined up on the left and ran three routes. Um, and so that doesn't, it's not great for wide receiver development, but I just saw DK dominate slants, dominate down the field with his ability to track the ball naturally and how young he was. He was a redshirt sophomore too, I believe. And, you know, so there was the neck injury thing, which added to the, how difficult it was to evaluate DK Metcalf. But to me, he was a top 10 pick in the first round. Like I didn't really get why he fell that far. It's like, it must be a neck thing. Maybe he's not even going to have a career. I was blown away that teams were drafting Andy Isabella and uh, mm-hmm. Ortega Whiteside, Whiteside over him. Yeah. I mean, what are you thinking? That's insane. So uh, DK Metcalf was my number one in that draft. AJ Brown and Debo Samuel I liked a lot, but there was a big whiff on my part too. Um, and he was, uh, the, do you remember the big six five wide receiver out of Iowa State that year? It, it's funny because I'm sitting here on draft history and I'm scrolling down and scrolling down and I really liked Miles Boykin you know, late third. Mm-hmm. And I love Hakeem Butler, yeah. you know, the Iowa state kid. I thought he was a decent enough separator, really physical, good after the catch. I mean, I remember talking dynasty thinking this might be the number one receiver in this class. And I couldn't believe he was a fourth round pick. <laughs> Same here. He was in my top five. So my top three were good. And I think number four for me was Hakeem Butler. I was a believer. I know he was a little sluggish, but he still had some build up top speed and he was so big. And he put up big numbers at Iowa State. Uh, and last I heard from him, he converted to tight end and maybe is in yeah. Arizona or something like that. And I didn't really hear anything from him last year, but he was converting last year. So uh, we'll see if he pops up again as maybe a tight end, which might not be a bad move for him because he was so darn big. But that was a big whiff for me. But it was it was DK, Debo, and A.J. Brown. I think it was basically Debo and A.J. Brown were, were two and three for me. And then... Uh, yeah, Hakeem Butler, which was a big whiff, and I cannot remember who my my fifth was offhand, but I remember those guys I liked a lot. Okay. Yeah, and I liked Marquise Brown. He was first off the board. He would not have been my number one, but I respected the speed and what he brings to the table and wasn't all that much different than a Waddle or some of these other guys. Yeah. I mean, he was a, an awfully good prospect, but he, like- was, he is what he is. I mean, I never thought he'd be a, a high-target guy. Um, a couple other names I just wanted to throw out there because I was kind of on that DK Metcalf train of, I don't know if this guy can corner, you know, I mean, he, he you know, he, he changes directions like a battleship and that's the lesson learned, you know, to answer this Twitter question is if a guy has a superpower, you know, like DK Metcalf, just let him be Superman, you know, d- right. don't ask him to be Green Lantern, you know, just ask him to do what he does well. And I guess he's also an unbelievably hard worker, which I guess you yep. can tell by his physique as well. Yeah. He's worked on his route running. So I didn't know those things, but I mean, that, that certainly has helped his cause as well. And he also went to a really good deep ball system for him. Um, I will say, Arkega Whiteside, I didn't like it all coming out of Stanford. I thought he was a really monotone athlete mm-hmm. and not explosive. That's held up. Um, and what's his face? Is- Isabella is another one. I didn't see it with him. I mean, I knew he blazed this great 40, but I remember thinking everyone thinks this guy's a slot receiver and it takes him forever to get off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. People push him around. There's all this wasted movement and he doesn't go anywhere. And 
it's the old foghorn leghorn saying i like to say i mean you're doing a lot of chopping boy but there ain't no chips a flying and really he could have been a brandon cooks type not the stereotypical little slot guy and in reality he's probably neither it was weird because he didn't really win that much in a way that you would want your typical slot guy to be so i was i was looking at isabella and I was thinking well how could you like a 5-8 version of DK Metcalf? You know what I mean? Like yeah, if right. He's the same type of guy, except for you're going to pigeonhole him in the slot because he's short, but DK can do everything he can, but he's 6'4", 230. So, like, what are we even talking about here? So some of those second-round picks really blew me away. Like, I get A.J. Brown, and look, that's if, if there's one lesson to take, and it's almost every draft and every prospect, how hard do they work? How bad do they want it? So we've seen that in A.J. Brown. We've seen that in D.K. Metcalf. Those are huge reasons why. I got Marquise Brown with the speed, but I remember pre-draft, and I think it was Daniel Jeremiah, was really beating the Marquise Brown drum. And everyone was like, oh, he's, he's going to be the top receiver, and he's the first one. I was like, really? I, know, I like him, but really, is he that far and away? So in NFL circles, everybody apparently loved Marquise Brown and you know and I liked Marquise Brown but I just thought maybe you know there's a few guys that I liked a little bit more I never liked Nikhil Harry and again that's the thing is like okay well you don't like DK Metcalf because he doesn't turn well well Nikhil Derry Nikhil Harry doesn't turn well either he can't separate no. in the Pac-12 how's he going to separate in the NFL and he's a pure jump ball guy at least give me the guy that can break away in one direction Nikhil Harry couldn't break away in any direction so I was definitely down on Nikhil Harry and didn't get that love yeah that's a really good point And I do just want to throw out Marquise Brown finished last year pretty darn strong. Like, I'm not sure his book is written. I don't think he's a bust or anything like that. And he's what the Ravens needed in terms of getting people off the line of scrimmage because the way they play. Uh, The last one I want to bring up, though, I forgot almost and feel like this guy's so out of sight, out of mind is Paris Campbell. I really liked Paris Campbell coming out of Ohio State, like more than I did. Uh, who's the Giants receiver that the, they just drafted out of Florida? Tony. Uh, like, I would take Tony. Campbell. Yeah. Out of, yeah. I like Campbell much more than Tony coming out of school. And I'm not sure that book's written yet either. I hope for his sake he stays out. Sort of like a LaVisca Chenault. Like, there's kind of one guy in that mm-hmm. in, in that mold every year. It's like, you know, could could play a little bit of wide receiver. Could put him in the backfield. Could return kicks. You know, you could hand him the ball. You could do a lot of different things to them. Kind of depends on where they go and, and who's able to use him and how uh, they develop, you know, at one position or something. Uh, I didn't love Paris Campbell, but there was a ton of athletic ability there, and we haven't really heard anything from him. No, no. It, I will say, though, I often say teams tell you what they think of their players. The way they've handled their wide receiver situation makes me think they still have hope for him. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to believe. Don't believe what they say. Believe what they do and, and follow mm-hmm. the money, and, and that's absolutely True. That's a good point. Um, Him and Pittman might be a nice pair. Absolutely. The other thing you take away here, especially when you consider like Marquise Brown versus DK Metcalf, landing spot is usually pretty important too for wide receivers. (laughs) Getting a good offense, getting a good coaching staff, a good quarterback, that absolutely helps you. I mean, hypothetically, what if the Ravens would have drafted DK Metcalf as the first receiver off the board? Right. And and I could absolutely see Marquise Brown being a lot more productive catching deep balls from Russell Wilson. Yes. I mean, he's just a better player and he's a hundred pounds heavier. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Blocking the run game too. And, but to answer the question, I'm pretty sure AJ Brown was my favorite and all my dynasty teams reflect that. I have him a lot of spots and I'm very happy about that, but there yeah. were some misses here for me for sure. Metcalf and some of these other dudes that it was a great class, but it was not an easy one to decipher at the time. And, you know, a fun one, though. Yeah, there was some absolute landmines in there. Uh, Lessons learned. 
what can you do, not what can you not do, and Mm -hmm. how hard are you going to work for it? Yep. And last note I would say is the 66th and the 76th player overall, Deontay Johnson and especially McLaurin, wow. I mean, I liked both those guys coming out in that neighborhood, and I knew my Steelers were in that market. They just moved on from A.B., but both those guys are hits and are high quality players. Too. I completely forgot about McLaurin. Jeez, yeah, yeah, that was another one, man. The, the, those second round picks are just looking bad when all of a sudden DK Metcalf flies off the board, Deontay Johnson flies off the board, Terry McLaurin flies off the board, and you were drafting Arthega Whiteside and Paris Campbell and Andy Isabella. Uh, that just looks really bad on you. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Arthega Whiteside. I mean. He's as bad a second round pick as there's been in the last 10 years. And Terry McLaurin usage at Ohio State, that was rough because, uh, you know, it was like, okay, he's a special teamer and he's really fast. And it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, well, guess what? He can do a heck of a lot more. Yes. Uh, one note on McLaurin, maybe it's something I learned because I talked about this a lot when the Steelers took Claypool, is strong special teams background to me is a pretty good indicator that they're not going to stink. You know, yes. they're going to get a helmet on game day. Early on, if a receiver gets hurt on game day, they're the first guy up, and they're probably tough, and they probably handle coaching well. We got to get to a couple more questions here to finish up this Twitter Tuesday episode and uh, maybe some rapid fire, because I think we've only answered two questions so far. (laughs) We'll get to those next. Heck of a lot more to do this summer, and you want to look good while doing it? Maybe that pool party, and man, the 2019 summer bod was looking a lot better than when you're hanging out next to the pool in 2021, right? So uh, one thing that I've found that can fit into any diet, if you're trying to uh, fit in a snack, get one that's high in protein, low in sugar, and that is Built Bar. They're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Here's a two-parter from Joshua on Twitter. He says, Since Peacock and Williamson is a radio show uh, in all but name only, would you guys ever consider doing a live call-in show? I I don't think anything like that's in the books. I, I would I wouldn't mind doing a live show. You know what will potentially happen if we start doing some YouTube stuff is we could record our podcasts live and we could have people on YouTube live at least chatting into the show and we could throw questions on that way, which would be fun. I'm all for it. To be very honest with you, I mean, if we had somebody call in, I've done a lot of calling shows, obviously, and hosted them. I would be very cool with that. Your YouTube suggestion is a great one. I'm just not technically smart if that's possible <laughs> i'm in but you gotta deal with it all <laughs> oh yeah i'll take care of that i'll take care of the back end stuff you can answer the questions and i'll just throw them your way how about that yep you carry the puck set me up and i'll put the i'll put it in the back of the net it'll be like uh yeah it'll be like one of those um you know when you see someone practicing tennis by themselves and they got the thing that shoots the ball over the net yeah right right yeah, i'll be the i'll be the tennis ball machine and you'll just you'll just whack them back over uh let's go like with it. 
this second part here. Are the Packers with Jordan Love this year better or worse than the Bears with Trubisky and Foles last year? Ooh, odd question. I thought he was going to ask something relevant. Like that, I'm not making fun of the question, but it'd be more... <laughs> I don't care what the Bears did last year. <laughs> or, well, more, how about this? Let me, let me change right this question then for you. Uh, Andy Dalton Bears or Jordan Love Packers? Kirk Cousins Vikings. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, the Vikes are the best team in that division easily if Rodgers doesn't play in the AFC, NFC North. Okay, so you've got the Bears Packers fighting for third in that case. Fighting for second. But fighting yeah, for second. Yeah, yeah, right. I guess I would lean. The Packers have some star power. I mean, and there's some guys like Gary and Clark and Jari Alexander that probably aren't well as known as they should be that are emerging studs at huge positions. And I feel like I'm rough on the Packers, so I don't want to ignore that. But I didn't love Love coming out of school. I mean, he's another one that makes a lot of mistakes and doesn't seem to learn from it. And I also don't think Dalton will be the quarterback in Chicago. I mean, I much think very long either. There's enough potential for Love to sneak attack some teams and the dual threat nature with a well coached team. And there's still some talent on that roster. So uh, I would take the unknown with the potential of Love over mm-hmm. Bears with Dalton. But I would take so the Bears. Fields comes in. Right, that's two, that's two or you know? three weeks worth. Now you're talking Fields. I'll take the Fields Bears over the Love Packers. Would you take the Fields Bears to win the division? <sighs> I mean, it's so tough because he's a rookie, and you just don't know exactly where he's going to be, and it could be good, but not quite that level of good. Um, but there's still some things that I have questions about with the Kirk Cousins Vikings, too. So, I mean, that mm-hmm. would be fun. Like I would, lo- I would honestly like it a lot more if say Aaron Rodgers was in Denver because it would make that division more fun in the AFC West and it'd make the NFC North more fun too, because I would love to see that love versus the, you know, the old veteran and cousins versus Justin Fields uh, versus Goff. I mean, mean, they're fourth in all these conversations, no matter what the Detroit lions are, but the other three teams, that would be fun if Jordan love was actually the Packers quarterback. I think that'd be really fun. I mean, that division would kind of remind me of like the AFC South a little bit, like one bottom feeder or any of these teams real playoff contenders, Rogers versus Mahomes and Herbert would be awesome in the West, obviously. Um, this is a quick Vikes note though. I feel like they're being slept on a little, not as a Super Bowl contender, but as a playoff contender or possibly a division winner in that their offense was amongst the best in the league. And the weakness of the offense was the offensive line. And I think they added two, I know they're rookies, but Derisaw and the guard out of Ohio State, I mean, they got better on the line. And the defense, I just trust Zimmer to get it right. And you get guys like Pierce back. You added Tomlinson, Hunter back from injury, um, Kendrick and Barr. Like, their their defense got hit pretty hard. I think that's a better team. If we were to power rank, the better team than I think most people are giving them credit for. Yeah, I think maybe defensively is where I was a little bit worried and maybe not giving them enough credit. But getting Danell Hunter back with the addition of Tomlinson, they should be better up front. Still, it's, you know, what Michael Pierce and Stephen Weatherly, uh, they drafted Patrick Jones out of Pitt in the third round. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to be a difference maker there, but a rotational guy. Rotational, Eric yeah. Kendricks, they've got talent on every level. They brought in Patrick Peterson. You still have. Uh, Harrison Smith with Xavier Woods up the middle at safety, uh, Gladney, Danzler at corner, some young talent, uh, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, 
Bashad Breland. Like they've got some guys and some names there. It could go better, obviously, than last year. And I think that's the hope uh, for the Vikings. But it also doesn't blow me away. And it's almost like I kind of got to see it. So it's, it's. I'm I'm looking at names right now. Is that enough? Um, and it could be. So yeah, maybe we are sleeping on the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a good team, and Zimmer hasn't coached too many bad defenses, with the exception of last year. I get the I, I just I just get the feeling that they'll be okay, but that's you know is you know that's enough to be a playoff team, especially if there's no Aaron Rodgers in the division. But I think any of those other teams could just get hot and blow them away too. Like they're just going to be in that nine win category. I just feel like that's the, that's who the Vikings are going to be with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and I hate to just blame Cousins for that, but that could be, you know, O'Brien, Texans, no man's land, where you win 8-9, you win the division, you lose in the first round, you know, the Matt Schaub years, Fitzpatrick type of years, where you're sort of in quarterback no man's land, and that's a tough place to be. You need a lot of things to fall right to actually compete for a Super Bowl that way. And again, Kirk Cousins is one of the best 15 quarterbacks in the league. He needs to be a starter, but it's just tough when you're built that way. Yeah, it feels just high floor, low ceiling. We got to get Luke from Locked on Vikings on, actually, to talk about this mm-hmm. team, I think. They're uh, an interesting team. And, and see how he feels about it. Because I'm sure he's more bullish on, on what they're going to look like in 2021 than maybe you and I are right now uh let's finish this up really quick with one and get out of here appreciate all the questions apologies for the ones we did not get into on today's show but keep them coming to us at bd peacock on twitter at williamson nfl nick says who are your who are you most interested to see in week one preseason for me it's easy those those five first round quarterbacks all of them i, I just want to see all the mm-hmm. quarterbacks and also i want to scout a little bit for my fantasy football drafts too so you know some of the running backs and receivers and how they're utilized as well but look Justin Fields, Trey Lance, give me all those snaps all day long. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that's an easy one. And I think we have to lump Jordan Love in that mix, too. I mean, he's in the same yes. spot they are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we haven't seen yeah. him yet. So basically treating him as a as a rookie. And all eyes are going to be, I mean, that's a huge story. That's a good point. And calling back to that earlier question, that's a, that's a huge story. That's a national story right now because Aaron Rodgers might not be in camp. Yeah, I mean, Love's going to get a lot of preseason action or – Maybe he won't, which will pretty much tell us that they want to save him for the regular season, too. Mm. I mean, just usage in general this preseason to me is very interesting. There's only three games. There's an extra game, you know, in the regular season. Uh, The long haul, the marathon of the season is going to be very much on these coaches' minds. I think I keep bringing this up. A lot of rookie second, third year, mid, late round draft picks will really get a chance to shine in the preseason. And a lot of names will start popping up like, Oh, I remember liking him out of Southern Illinois two years ago, and we haven't seen much from him. He's pretty good. This is going to be a big year to hit that waiver wire hard, right? Early in the season in your fantasy football leagues and and maybe go in on some guys that you're not sure about because maybe there's some hits in there that are sort of delayed a year, a little slingshot effect that we didn't get to see those guys from last year that could also show up and be like, okay, I don't really know much about this guy, but he's for real. Yeah, I, I need to remind myself boy, I really liked him coming out of school. I shouldn't change my opinion after one strange COVID year of him being in the league, those type of things. Good stuff. We're out of time here. We've gone over time, but wanted to get to some more of your questions since we went so long on the first couple of questions here, as we tend to do, but it's always fun. So thanks, everybody, for those questions. We'll hit some more maybe throughout the week. This is the slow period of the offseason. We'll start talking about a few other teams and previewing the league as we get close to training camp, which is only two weeks away, Matt. Two weeks from today, Tuesday. The 27th, training camp is on, man. We are getting close.
Yeah, I'm pretty psyched up. Some where'd the summer go? I mean, like like you said, it's it's right around the corner. I just got word today Steelers camp opens the twenty second because them and Dallas are the Hall of Fame team. Oh, so that's next week. I, yeah. I mean the twenty second I am back full time season starts, you know. That's unbelievable. It's here. Yeah. We made it, guys. Uh we've got you covered every day before, during, after training camp preseason and into the regular season fantastic guest coming thursday matt Harmon, reception perception dive into some of these wide receivers he has become the wide receiver guru with the way he charts them so who's winning their routes who's beating man coverage who is everybody sleeping on i might give you a little edge in your fantasy football drafts as well which is always nice matt Harmon, thursday talk to you then right here peacock and williamson